0: what's going on boys and girls we have a terrific episode of two white lights for today i had on the program a man who needs no introduction to the two white lights listener this is his third appearance on the program he is your defending national champion in the 83 kg division russ or he joined me in a fantastic conversation like i said before third appearance on the show so that means it is really just dis- easy to break down the walls of an interview and just have a conversation. Uh, And that's what we did. Uh, We initially talked about his opening of Corrupted Strength and how he compares that as far as achievements go to his powerlifting triumphs, uh, the stresses that both of them bring. Really good conversation about that. I make him pick which national championship he is most proud of because he's got four to choose from. Another really interesting conversation topic there. But also, we of course talk about Raw Nationals itself. Uh, We start with, of course, the ever-controversial Johnny Candido post, Uh, Russell beat Sean as his profile pick. how he used that as motivation, how he took it personally. Really good conversation there because I think he breaks down just a lot of beliefs that people had of him uh, calling him sensitive, blah, 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 blah. We get into a really good conversation, a competitor-to-competitor conversation uh, with that. His Raw Nationals performance itself, um, even though it was a fantastic performance, he still wanted to get a little bit more from that. We, of course, talked about the future of Russ Orhe. Hopefully, he's able to compete at Worlds, but looking past Worlds, if that doesn't happen, what he would like to do in his powerlifting career. We, of course, play some Word Association, and he gives his two white lights lifter rating. Fantastic interview with Russ Orhe. But before we get into that, got to talk to you guys about Left Law Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftlawbros.com, follow on Instagram, and check out the merchandise, check out the designs. The only word I can use to describe it is dope. I don't like using that word being a 28 year old male, but it is dope. They come out with fantastic designs. They come up with fantastic new, fresh ideas. They keep the consumer happy because that's what you need in powerlifting you got to come up with fresh ideas and they do that you look good in the gym you look good on the platform and you look good outside the gym if you get some left bros merchandise they're releasing a whole lot of stuff they just dropped some socks they're dropping some dad hats they have of course the comp tees that i love ever so dearly and they got a ton of different t-shirt designs Use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money, and if you guys don't believe me, just go on the Instagram page and check out what the Leflard Bros family is wearing, because more and more people are wearing the merchandise, and the reason for that is because it's amazing. It's fantastic. It looks great. People don't buy shit that they don't like. They love this stuff, and you will too use that promo code 2WL15. Also, they have Two White Lights merchandise on it, so you're obviously a fan of Two White Lights if you are listening to this intro. So, you need to get some Two White Lights merchandise as well. We also have a lot of designs for our t shirts, we got dad hats as well. Use the same promo code 2WL15 on Left Lar Bros merchandise and Two White Lights merchandise. Save yourself some money. Fill your cart with Leffler Bros merchandise and 2 White Lice merchandise. Use that code 2WL15. Also, make sure you are on Rival Nutrition. Get yourself some Informed Choice supplements. Those are important for USAPL lifters out there because you don't want to take anything that might be a banned substance within it. There are some janky pre-workouts going around. Rival Nutrition has the Informed Choice label. That means there's no banned substances. You will save yourself a drug test. Also, they got protein powders, branching amino acids, some supplements that will help you in your training. Use promo code ANGELO20 to save 20% off of your order. Also, go to lift.net and get yourself some Stoic gear. Someone today asked me why I prefer Stoic over the other brands, and my answer is simple. It's better. It's more affordable. Use promo code ANGELO10 on the knee sleeves, the singlets, the wrist wraps, and you will see how affordable it is, and you will see how great Stoic gear is. It is IPF approved. Go to lift.net use promo code angelo10 do not forget it also go to lift instagram page follow them on instagram and also sign up for that newsletter check out their website because you do not want to miss out on some no slip drip deadlift slippers they're fantastic for performance but also they look fantastic they have so many different colorways they have so many different designs that will help you match your platform attire your gym attire, you name it, notorious lift will make you look pretty while you're deadlifting and that is huge. So sign up for the newsletter because again, you can't go on notoriouslift.com and get whatever the hell you want. It doesn't work that way. You got to look out for those drops and I'm telling you, if you see something you like, someone else likes it as well and you do not want to get beat to the punch on getting these slippers. So make sure you are signing up for that newsletter. Also, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, our website. So here's what you're going to do. Subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and a review. Those help Two White Lights immensely, those five-star ratings and reviews, and make sure you're subscribing to all of them because you will get the quick notification that a new episode has dropped, and we are releasing a lot of episodes, we're up to three a week now, so you don't want to miss out on them, and here it is, Two White Lights.
1: I like it, bro. Yeah, baby, I like it, bro. Baby, I like it, bro. Baby, I like it, bro. Timmy, shimmy, yaw,
2: simmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take a away. Off on the natural charge, phone for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodge of Brooklyn Squad. Who take the
0: And as promised, I got with me four time. USAPL national champion, former IPF world champion, and the proud owner of a new gym, Corrupted Strength. I got with me 83kg king, Russ Orhe. How are you, man?
1: I'm doing good, man. That was a a hell of an intro.
0: (laughs) You're a hell of a lifter. In a two-week span, that was a pretty solid two weeks. You go into nationals, have a great meet, win your fourth USAPL uh, national title, then... Just a short week later, you're out opening a gym that uh, if you, I mean, I'm sure if you listen to Two White Lights, you guys have seen Russ's page. That seemed to be a smashing opening, just to, like, this probably exceeded all uh, expectations you had. Yeah, man. Um,
1: So just competing, number one, I mean, like, you're a competitor as well. You know, like, somewhat the stress of uh, just doing a national level meet, it's a lot different from just kind of, like, doing a local meet. So transitioning from having that stress of competing to now having the stress of, like, operating a business and having that business be successful and have a good, good opening day was, uh, was definitely interesting to say the least.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, so uh, as far as, like, um, I don't know, as far as achievement goes, yeah. compare the two. Like, winning a national championship and opening your gym. Like, what what's uh, which one's better for you?
1: I would say that, uh, I would say probably the gym. Just because the gym, there's so many unknowns and there's no, like, direct correlation to anything, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like, probably, to a certain extent, you're going to get out what you put in. Uh, so it's like, I wasn't as nervous for the meet. Obviously, it comes with the stressors, but I know, like, I control my own outcome. Um, so it's like, okay, look, you put in the work for 12, 15 weeks, you should have a pretty solid meet. However, you can put everything into a gym and get absolutely nothing return. Uh So it was just a lot more nervous. Uh, and just to... Have that Saturday be a success. is definitely a lot more. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot better. It just felt a lot better just because you. There's just so many unknown when it comes to that situation.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Um, I'm not particularly surprised with that answer because opening a business such as yours is more stressful than competing. It definitely is. And also with the just opening a gym, knowing the it's a gamble. Whenever you open a gym, it's a gamble. It's not a sure thing. It's almost like opening a restaurant. You know, yeah. it's like you put in the money. You don't know if you're gonna get that money in return. But right now, I think I'm excited for you, and I think all the powerlifting community is excited for you because opening a gym and kind of uh, promoting the sport in that way is, I think, bigger than any national championship they can win, world championship. Because you know, you have a you have a home now where lifters could come in and train. Like that, to me, is awesome. So, uh, congratulations on that. Uh, of course, we're gonna get into the the nationals. Uh, your Nationals performance, but I'm thinking along the lines of this. You're a four-time National Champion. Um, compare the National Championship that you won this year to maybe some of them in the years past. Was it a little bit more sweet? We had that break between 2019 to 2021. Um, I think 2019, I had you as a big favorite winning, and then 2021, there were some questions on if Noriega can eventually surpass you. Uh, that was about it, Noriega and you going into it. So yeah, just compare the two because that's a lot of national championships to choose from.
1: Uh, damn, that's a yeah. That, you're the first person to ask me anything like that. So that's I mean that's a good question. Thank you. Um, I don't know. Like I, to me, I don't think anyone. I don't think anything can ever kind of uh, eclipse that first one. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like when you're when you're new on the scene, no one really knows you. You're not like a favorite. It's just kind of like, you're just kind of happy to be there. (laughs) yeah. Um, And like we knew that I would be somewhat of a threat coming into the national level. Um, But, you know, just kind of be able to showcase that in front of everybody and no one really knows. I think that the first one will always be the best one. Um, So that's kind of unfair to compare. So let's just go two through four. This one was like, I don't know, man. Cause winning, winning, okay. So the second one was okay. Third one was I was coming off like a little injury, and I think if there is any time that a competitor could like definitely have beaten me in the third one, mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't my best. Um, I was going into that meet very mature of myself. Um, this fourth one was cool. It's just that for me personally, I didn't perform at the level that I wanted to perform at. Um, so it's kind of like I'd probably rank it like the third. I'd say the first one is number one, the second one's number two. Or actually, no. The third one is number two. The second one is number three, and
0: then the fourth one is my like least favorite <laughs> All right. Well, that's a, it. Was surprise because that's what, uh, the, the last one you just had was the, the your best performance out of it. And was there any sense of urgency or motivation considering 2019? Like you said, it wasn't uh, your ideal meet. Uh, that mm-hmm. was some of the squat depth issues on that. You still won, but. I think people were expecting, even yourself, were expecting a better meet from yourself. Um, and then you're coming off that big, ne- uh, that big world championship win, where that was kind of your—I wouldn't say statement meet—but it was the meet that you kind of proved the doubts that you couldn't go nine for nine and to put together that total. Like you proved a lot of people wrong within that meet. So 2019, going into 2021, I don't know. I'm a little surprised like that. I thought the um, with the with some of the outside motivations going in, I know you touch a lot about the Candido uh, Instagram page, uh, maybe some of the preview shows on King of the Lifts and this podcast. Was there any sort of sense of urgency or, like, an extra sense of motivation? I mean, you're, you're wearing a Supreme Fuck You shirt, so maybe you're on the Fuck You tour <laughs> right now. I'm like, you guys can't see it right now, but he walks in like, that is, a, that is a statement shirt. But, like, that was a statement victory, and it seemed like a little bit after that 2021 Ron Nationals that you just won it was a little bit of um a little bit like all right i'm going to i'm going to relish in his victory a little bit cuz there was more doubt and there was a little bit more hype surrounding it with uh with you know s- social media and you know different pages trying to actually hype up the meet
1: um my bad i think i actually made a mistake so my second meet was one where i think i was coming in injured okay and, like i i didn't perform like that great and I think that was the one that Sean had a pretty good opportunity to beating me. That
0: was twenty eighteen. Um yeah. okay, okay.
1: Twenty yeah, one yeah, twenty eighteen. And then twenty nineteen was the just like I just didn't compete up to my standards. But still, like number two is still number two for me because um like it just wasn't my best meet and I was coming injured, but we still battled and still won. I mm-hmm. like meets like that. Yeah. Um yeah, fast forwarding to to what you just asked me. Um can You rephrase the question. I mean, can you reask the question once again?
0: Like, yeah. So from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty one, I was assuming that twenty twenty one would be your like that would because you know I I thought you're on the redemption tour. Like, not even the redemption tour. Just like um, I'm trying to find a good sports analogy to compare it to. It just like uh, I mean, a very similar to Tom Brady this year, right? Like the doubts. Like, okay, other people are coming in and taking it. It's like, okay, we still had that victory. And kind of proved a lot of people wrong in that sense.
1: I think that this one would have been something along those lines had I done what I wanted to do. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I kind of dropped the ball. Like, I, I always get irritated when I don't kind of live up to the standards I have for myself. Okay. Uh, so I came out of the meet. The, like, halfway through the meet, I thought I was going to be one of those ones. I was like, okay, this is going to be a really good meet for myself. And then when we got to, right before deadlifts, I'm like sprinting over to the restroom, and then my leg just like locks up, and I'm like, like <laughs> deadlifts are going to be interesting. So uh, yeah, it kind of hindered me from from getting the uh, the total that I that I wanted. But um, okay. yeah, the, all the hype and conversation leading up to it, it wasn't. I feel like that happens every single year, so I was kind of used to that. I was like, I understand, like you know, that's the way you build hype and, and um, kind of build a storyline. But I think what really sent me over the edge was the Candido situation for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I know that, you know, there was like a kind of like a post made on King Lifts or whatever, and they were talking about, you know, the conversation we had. And I, I said it pissed me off as an athlete. I thought it was very disrespectful. Okay. And there was like a conversation, oh, he's too sensitive, blah, blah, blah. Like, are you serious? That's what made you mad. I'm like, I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to ask with that, did it now, did it really make you upset, or is it something that you're trying to find that extra gear? Because I think a lot of people at the top need to find that at times. I talked to Amanda Lawrence about this. Like, I'm trying to find out how she stays motivated. Because me, I have all the motivation in the world, right? It's yeah. easy if you're if you're in the top five looking up, easy to be motivated. Mm-hmm. You're at the top, yeah. so I well, like looking back. Just my assumption. Um, obviously, I mean, as a competitor myself, like whenever someone calls me out, say they're going to out total me, or even outsider looking in, I definitely take it personally.
2: Mm.
0: You know, and it, it's not. So much where I'm furious and enraged by it. But I definitely do take it personally. But in your sense, is like, do you really need to do you really need that to find that extra key?
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 such a layered uh situation. Mm-hmm. So for me, I took it personally, it did like it did personally like anger me. Um and it helped my training as well, but like I did feel disrespected by it in like in a good way to so a sense it elevated my training. But the reason why I thought it was very disrespectful uh, was just because, for two things, right? I know people pointed out the fact that Candido is a good friend of Sean, and that's like his way of showing support or whatever. But I think, like, as a social media influencer, and you kind of know this as well, mm-hmm. like, there there are ways to go about things, in my opinion. Like him stating opinion, like in conversation, or maybe he's on a podcast, or he's in the comment section. I would have not taken it the way I took it. But changing your whole profile picture. To Russ, or Sean is going to be Russ, I don't see how people don't see how I took that person. Like, I'm just like, to me, that's him making a grandstanding, like, statement and trying to be, like, trying to chase clout, essentially. Like, oh, like, ah, I'm going I'm to troll a little bit. Like, I'm going to make my whole ass profile picture. Like, this isn't a guy that has 500 followers. This guy has, like, almost 100,000 followers, like, making his profile picture happen. Mm-hmm. So... That's why I thought it was respectful. Because imagine like someone like like myself saying like, "Oh, like I'm gonna I'm gonna beat Sean or something." Like, I don't know. I just feel like as a competitor and someone that's been a competitor and someone that has a social media following, I just felt like that was just a little bit over the edge in the sense of like I'm trying to um, just make this about me versus make it about Sean and Rex. Basically.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I could can see that actually. So when he made it, because I I have he- heard the feed um, the response that you have gotten. Uh, from the King of Lifts interview and you know, I've heard everything that you said. Like, oh he's being too sensitive. Why is he mad about a friend supporting a friend? And I could easily say those things on the outside looking in. But I know as well as everyone, I mean I me and I'm not I'm not you, right? I'm not the number one eighty three KG. I'm within that top five range. And when people say some things about me, like in a comment section, or personally like say, Oh yeah, I'm gonna out total you I think it personally myself like it, yeah. it does it's something that I think about when I train and if you're a competitor of course you're going to do that and in your circumstance you do have this ultra famous powerlifter i mean he is one of powerlifter's cornerstones as far as social media goes and his profile picture wasn't Sean will win it was Sean yeah. will beat russ so yeah and like yeah exactly if you just put that on your bio and your profile pic like i'm going to beat sean i'm going to beat nori yeah. people would have been like whoa that's an arrogant move yeah. like so you're you are right in that sense when Candido did it we were all like like we were me and my friends were like ah okay that's a bold yeah. move from Candido like I thought the I thought the bio was funny because it said Sean Noriega fan I thought that was funny I, I even found the profile pic funny but they were like okay bold move like <laughs> And then when I talked to him at Nationals, he's like, "I somehow took the biggest L at Raw Nationals. I didn't even compete." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. you kind of did, man."
1: <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, just to reiterate, I understand friends supporting friends. Like, you know, you, you, you and your, like, you and your homies going to talk shit about other competitors. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Like, um, I, I'm not, I'm not so much like hung up on that. It's just like the public, um, or the attempt at just like public uh, embarrassment, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. like I said, like I'm, I'm the one that's being kind of like the one that's in the, um, pro ball picture. So I'm going to take it a lot more personal than other people. Yeah. But I think it's a lot easier for other people to just be like, oh, he's being sensitive, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Darn. for me personally, it doesn't take much to get me motivated in the first yeah. place. I, I could go off for anything like, you know, um, I literally get mad, not mad for real, but I definitely feel a certain type of way. Like when I'm in the gym and maybe someone walks in front of me, like, if I could get motivated off of that, you think I'm not going to get motivated off a profile picture about someone declaring that someone else is going to beat me. Like,
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you on that one. I actually had a conversation with an interview with uh, Gavin Adin of like, sometimes you have to just, at times, like you have to look at yourself like, okay, I'm taking this personal. I'm going to go, you know, above and beyond. And it's like, it's not so much the fault of the person doing it or the other people. It's like, it's me. That's how I'm wired. That's how I am as a competitor. And yeah, I think there shouldn't be any surprise to anyone that you took it. Uh, you took a section to it, and also it motivated you. Like you wouldn't be a competitor if that wasn't it. Like if you take it back to Taylor Atwood, Taylor Atwood finds ways to get motivated, and yeah. it's like very little things. Like very, I mean, even with Two Highlights doing some previews, like saying Ashton Rauska is going to be the best overall lifter, which yeah. really it's not like we're saying Ash is going to be Atwood. We're not saying that, but he takes it. He internalizes it. He doesn't think that we're di- – I actually don't even know. I got to interview him tomorrow if he thinks we're dicks. Who knows? But but he takes that and then uses it to his advantage, and you get the performances that he gets. And really, it's just like – yeah, that's my opinion. I think Ashton Rouska is a really good lifter, and he might be better than you at this meet. Like, But yeah. he, he uses that, that little thing, and then able to do it. So like, it, it's it's totally understandable.
1: Yeah, I don't think people understand that um, sometimes. I think that the crowd that Palatine currently has is uh, to a certain extent people that are just now getting into that competitive realm where like, okay, like this is their first idea of what being an athlete is and like what competition is and competing and all that. But someone like Taylor, um, Taylor's played football. Like, you know, you play when you play sports growing up, you understand like what can be used as motivation and like what it feels like to be slighted. Um, mm-hmm. So I was talking to Taylor about this. I was like, bro, you're the type to our 100 uh, 99 people can say you're gonna win, and you'll focus on the one person that said you're gonna lose. Yeah, and you'll use that information. And um, people like, well, you're over sensitive. It's like, no, it just it helps him work harder. Um, and it's just that's how you are as a competitor. That's just how it goes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all it took for him was just like people saying that it might be close. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It might be close between him and Perkins. That's all that's I mean, that's like what the consensus was. He was still picked as a heavy favorite to win. And yeah. he didn't even want it to be close.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: exactly. <laughs> you'll find
1: you'll find stupid shit like that to get to get hyped off of. Like it's like you get, the whole panel has you winning, but then you mention another literature. I don't know, man, this guy's looking pretty good at training. It's like what? Like, <laughs> like, alright, okay, cool. So like, all right, I'm we'll gonna use that in training today.
0: Well, I mean, going going further further into that, as far as just what we've seen, yeah, I think this year Raw Nationals, I think people are making more of an effort to to create a storyline to see that. Is is there any other outside motivation, aside from the Candido part? So, like, you know, uh, with you know, we posted you and Oriega kind of going head to head, and then looking at those comments, looking at the reposts, is that also a sense of motivation from you because it's not from powerlifting? I mean. At a point, the USAPL's golden boy, Johnny Candido, it's from other fans who really don't know. So is that something that also, like, you find little things of motivation from?
1: Yeah, that's those are the easy ones, for mm-hmm. sure. Like, those are, like, automatic. Um, yeah, like, people people commenting in my comment section, like, oh, did you see Nori's bench today? Or, oh, did mm-hmm. you see those pool today? Or, like, the center. I'm like, bro, I'm like, all right, cool, like, for sure, like I'll screenshot certain things. I will have conversations with different people. Like I fill it in my memory break. Um, Yeah, all that, all that definitely motivates me. It's a good thing though. Like, yeah, I was,
0: I was like, about like, to ask. Like, does it is it is does it, uh, it do you do you welcome it?
1: Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. I was I was in the car with my girlfriend. I mean, like we were driving. This was after I saw the like, uh, Johnny Candido profile picture. I was like legit, like. I was like legit pissed. I was like I was like man like what the like what the fuck like why like why would someone go and do that? Like what's the what's the purpose of that? And then like after about 10 minutes I was like I started clapping, like I'm driving home like <laughs> I was like I like this shit. I like this shit. You know what? Like like good like I don't know if he notices, but he just motivated me, he just sealed his fate. Like that's it. Like a mm-hmm. you know, little shit like that. I think um I, def- I mean I, I for sure love it. In the moment, I'll be irritated about it, but for sure, I could, I'm able to kind of, like, have the perspective of, like, I love this type of stuff because it gives training purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, like, for, for two hours, I can literally just focus on what this one person said, that literally makes my training that much better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, at, at times, you it's needed or a little... I mean, like, I... I, I same, uh, same thing occasionally with me where someone has a big deadlift. Oh. And it's so funny when people, like mentioned me in the comments like oh angelo's scared i'm like i don't give a fuck about deadlifts i honestly don't like i don't give a fuck about people's deadlifts because i don't care anymore about my records i don't care about like now it's about total i want to get to total but the, even to that me i'm like man people still think of the deadlift guy like yeah. i want to be the total guy next like the deadlift is i like if a person out pulls me like awesome do i still out total you and then I don't care anymore. Like, it's over. I had that record. I had my moment under the sun. But, yeah, I mean, again, even, like, those little things can get – but you, you face it a lot more than me. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably a more constant thing. It's for you because it's you're, – you're at the top. Like, uh, there's there's going to be a point where – there's going to be a point where it continuously gets worse for certain people or better. I don't know what word I want to use there. But, you know, it's it's, it's – if that happens to me – on a micro level about someone's deadlift who I'm good friends mm-hmm. with, who I'm like, yeah, they could outpull me and I'm I'm straight, like I'll 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 go and try to hit a big total. It's gotta happen for you with like every single competitor.
1: Who the fuck is who's commenting that they're gonna outpull you? Like
0: No 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 lifter is commenting that, you know what I mean?
1: Well but I mean like who would say that you're gonna be outpull? I
0: um, don't no, there's, all there's like, a few guys. There's a few guys in the USA PL can. In the eighty three? Yeah. I mean the, yeah there's there uh, there um I always, I don't know his full name uh his handle is Rogue it's like Rogue 1 or something uh it's his name's Tom Gary good friend of mine he's got like the best deadlift leverage i've seen he pulled 762 beautifully he could potentially pull 771 thing is like okay he could pull the world record i'll be happy for him but like i at this point it's about nationals having the big biggest pull at nationals having the chip and trying to place now into the top three.
2: Okay, okay. You know what I
0: mean? Like like to me it's like they're not they're not saying that themselves, but to me it's like I don't I mean, even yeah, with actually uh, you, I mean, well, for example, you pull seven fifty, right? How many DM I got how many DMs are people like, Oh, he's gonna take your deadlift record? I'm like, Oh god, he could take another one of my, he could take another record. Like, do you guys think I care about this any like why would I care when he out totals me by forty kilos? Like I so it doesn't so, I don't hold it in.
1: Yeah, question, when you, okay, I pulled the 750 in the gym and thought, okay, I'm probably good for 733 in a maybe people like, like, a super me every single time we compete, because I'm like, for me, I scale everything, I might squat 705 and make it look good in the gym, but I'm like, okay, to me, that probably means I have, like, a, maybe around 705, maybe a little more, um, but yeah, when I pulled that 750, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'll probably solve for a little 733,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, something like that, in that range.
0: Yeah, like, I kind of know that. But then if I comment that people are like, oh, he's talking shit, then I'm like, I don't yeah. want to be in a shit-talking situation where I'm not contesting for first. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And also, it's about a single lift. Like, I don't I don't care. So, yeah. like, if that's the case, because I, I remember when you pulled uh, 744 in the gym, mm-hmm. people were me- mentioning me in it, like, oh, he's going to take Angelo's record too now. I'm like, he outtotals me by 40 kilos. I, he already won the grand scheme. If he takes another victory, it would be like, okay, it doesn't really affect me that much. You know, yeah. like, it's something that I don't hold value of. The thing mm-hmm. that I hold value of, though, is the total and trying to rise up uh, the rankings there. Uh, yeah. But it, yeah, like I said, if it happens to me, it definitely happens to you. Uh, and then it happens for, I mean, even Noriega's pull. Like, people were mentioning, mentioning me in that. Noriega's pulling 733. I'm like, yeah, it looks good. Like, mm-hmm. I have to... Like i'm more focused on beating him on squat and then kind of getting into that deadlift position but let's go into the competition itself because mm-hmm. i had i had the i had the honor competing with you guys it was a fantastic experience um was there a point during the meet where you're like I got this wrapped up because i'll give you my point where i knew you had it wrapped up but was there a point where you thought you had it wrapped up
1: no, I don't think like that, to be honest with you. Like, okay. uh, I'm not trying to be humble or anything like that. I legit do not think like that. Um, in the, like, the confines of me, I think once we entered deadlift, um, then I was kind of like, okay, like, this is pretty much done. Um, after I got my my second, then I was like, okay, I think, like, that's pretty much it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I personally just don't think like that. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't know. Yeah, well, I'll give you this. I don't know if you heard. i give you this. I'll give you the story. Well, uh, we were in the, watching the monitors in the dugout. Um, mm-hmm. When you hit your opener mm-hmm. on squat, everyone is huddled around the monitor just to see, like, because, you know, the tension with 2019 with depth. Yes. I turned, and when you hit it, and that fast and that deep, I turned around and Vince Cartered the entire room. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, it's done. I'm like, it's over. He's squatting well over 700 today, okay. and he's going to go three for three on squat. And if you go three, like, if you go three for three on squat, your chances of a nine for nine meet are that much higher. Yeah. And if you go nine for nine and total something over eight forty-five, even though I yeah. thought I, th- I even thought your total was in a range that Noriega, if you tell him before that, like okay, you got a total eight forty-five to win this meet, yeah. Noriega, like okay, like I'm taking that. Like that's what we expected to win. They were I mean, him and Steve Denovi, the co-hosts of the show, were like eight fifty is going to win this meet. We have to yeah, be yeah. in that range. So I think. If you tell if if Noriega gets that information, like okay, this is the total you have to beat today, he's taking it ten times out of ten. But yeah. when I, when I saw the squat, I was like, I I don't think I don't think Noriega out. I, could, I don't think he could total eight forty five, and that's what I think Russ has. So I was like, I think he's got it wrapped up.
2: Yeah. And then when I, mean, I saw
0: Noriega retake his second, mm-hmm. I was like. Yeah, it's it's over. Like when you when you give you can't I don't think you could beat you on a two hundred eighty squat.
2: Yeah.
0: Like I don't think you can do it. Um and like his deadlift is great, but I don't think you can give that much ground on squat and win the thing. Even with his with his bench press. Like I still don't think he can make up that ground. Now if he squatted two ninety, different story. But Yeah, well, that, that was that's when I'm I turned to the warm up and then especially when you hit your thirds. The only lifts I watched during Nationals was your opening squat, tomorrow's squat and your squat, uh, your third attempt. And after you hit that third, I'm like, it's it's over.
1: Yeah. It's it's interesting because for me, like I knew I think as a lifter, you know when it's gonna be a good day. Like, yeah. like as you're warming up uh, and the meet's about to start, you can kinda tell you are like, Okay, like, you know, nerves are pretty good. Um, I'm I'm invested in the meat and I refueled well enough. I mean, if you're back there eating spaghetti. I don't know how much you gotta cut, but you just chilling. <laughs> Um, I don't cut shit. <laughs> exactly. See, so I'm sorry. My, my main concern after I weigh in is, is obviously feeling up and then making sure that my legs are under me because like whenever you lose mm-hmm. like, you know weight and you're dehydrated, you just feel kind of loud on your feet. Um, and I don't know if you noticed, but we started playing music on the speaker in the back room and we're just vibing, um, chilling and they turned it off and I was like, all right, cool. I can put my headphones back on and just kind of zone out. But I'm squatting and like, uh, I'm like, I'm vibing, I'm not tense, I'm loose, I'm like talking shit, I was like, you know, doing all that type of stuff, mm-hmm. and I knew at that point, I was like, yeah, no, I feel good, yeah. I was like, I feel good, I think squats are going to be solid, and uh, I just thought that, like, after squats, it was going to be like a, uh, like one of those highly coveted super meets.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I, w- I would totally agree with you, that's like kind of the, the. that's what I felt during it, Um, I actually thought you hit your last deadlift. <laughs> I was, <laughs> dude, I was, yeah, I was, because uh, I, I thought, um, yeah, I didn't, I was kind of like zoned out for deadlifts, because that's like when I had to win, or I had the podium, so I had to execute everything, I just remember I was getting, I was in the, on deck, and then I see you come out with a big smile on your face, and Joey, and you're like, all right, blow this shit up, and I was like, oh, fuck, he must have, I'm like, must have pulled something crazy. So then I found out, like, a day later that you didn't pull. I, thought, I was, like, telling everyone that you pulled 738, and they're like, no, I didn't pull that. I'm like, what? I'm like, he uh, seemed happy. I didn't know, but. <laughs>
1: it was, uh yeah, I mean, so even going back to, like, the reason why I don't, like, kind of get ahead of myself is because I'm thinking everyone's showing up, and they're going to have their best day, and I'm going to have to, like, fight, because I like I anticipate mistakes, so, i like, right, like, if I'm gonna make a mistake, I'm gonna have to like really, really zone in and fight. So, there's never a point in the meet where I'm just like, "Oh, I got this for sure." Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting Sean to to hit 500 on bench. I yeah. mean, I wasn't expecting it, but I was expecting it. Yeah, that makes like I was yeah. prepared for that to happen um, mentally. Um, same thing with Delis. I was expecting him to like blow up whatever he had to blow up. I was expecting Delaney to do what he was going to do. I was expecting you to be in a position to where you're going to either pull for a second, third, or first, like. You know, like, I've always mentally prepared for whatever situation might occur. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I go one for three on squats and, like, my bench ain't all that great. So, now I have to keep fighting and uh, maybe stave off some people. Yeah, um, Yeah. I, I, I... Once Joey told me, okay, the meet's pretty much over, like, after this... Uh, after I secured my second pull, I was like, all right, cool. Well, um,
0: was there any sense of disappointment there when, like, uh, when Noriega had to take that first deadlift as a token? Because... I think, like, even as for us, like, the buildup was so big, and even when Flex got on here, he was talking like, man, I was expecting a pull-for-the-win situation, or, like, at the last deadlift just wanted to be decided, and unfortunately, Sean got hurt, but, like, I was just mad, because we were, the buildup was there, the, the battle was there, the war was supposed to be there, and, like, towards deadlift, it's like, okay, well, you can just pull whatever you need to do to win, and that's it.
1: Yeah. Um... Respectfully, I like, when I say this, I don't want people to be like, whatever, but respectfully, I just didn't care. Like, okay. Um, however, however I was able to secure first, I, I just didn't care, like, at all. Um, okay. I was more, I was actually more disappointed about me missing than someone else, like, bombing out. Like, mm-hmm. I could care less about someone bombing out. Um. That has nothing to do with me. Like, at the end of the day, I didn't hit the numbers I wanted to hit, so I cared way more about that. Like, I didn't, Um. I didn't care. Like, a win is a win to me. Okay. Um, so, Whenever he bombed out, like uh, that's that's his business. That's
0: not mine. Okay. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. yeah, that would make sense. I think he would say the same thing in twenty nineteen. I think a lot of questions he got was like, "What if Russ bombed out?" It's like, well, that would have fucking sucked because no one like when you bomb out, like it's not like, oh, I'm better than you. It's, it's not that situation. It's just yeah. it's kind of a def- it's like whatever. Okay, I got to win now, and that's about it. So that would you know, that's enough. that's the uh, that's the appropriate response.
1: The problem the you can throw in there, too, is, like, all of that shit is all-encompassing as, as to what being a powerlifter is. Like, uh, I mean, Sean said it in his video, too. Just, like, being healthy. Um, you know, bombing out, hitting your lifts. Like, all that shit matters. So you can't just, like... I Like, I don't care how I get first. You know, if I get first, I get first. If I win, I win. Like, however that lifter falls short is how the lifter falls short because
0: it's all powerlifter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, I, I think... People have been asking me this, which I hate when people ask me these things. Uh, mm. Between you and Sean, is it still like the friendly competition that it always was? Uh, the reason why I get it, I hate getting asked this question because I'm not you or Sean. So yeah. they're like, "How's the relationship between them?" Like, I don't fucking know. Like, why are you guys asking me? <laughs> like, I'm not Noriega or Rasorhi. Like, I think I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm not. Uh, I'm not the the mediator between you two. But is it still like the <laughs> friendly competition that it's like? All right. I'm going to keep trying – like, Nori's going to keep trying to get you, and it's like, all right, I'm going to keep trying to build that total. Or is it? Is it a little bit more of a rivalry now?
1: Um, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I'll say this just because we've already had this conversation recently. But um, leading up to Raw Nationals, it was like a serious rivalry. Um, it was more so like a friendly rivalry to where it's like, you know, we're both on we – we're both like – he left the team, but we were kind of like on the same team in a sense. And it's like we both make each other sharper. Um this past Raw Nationals, we weren't in communication uh, for, like, a year leading up to it. Um, so I think the tension on both of our ends were higher. And um, maybe we were a little bit more sensitive as to what people were saying about, like, who's going to do this. You know, I'm mm-hmm. Team Nori, I'm Team Russ, like, all that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. Yeah. Wait, was was the last time you guys talked on the, uh, on the podcast you did on here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> when was the last time on here?
0: Yeah, that was, like, oh, yeah, that was about the last year. Yeah, that was a long ass time ago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we we had a conversation after the meet. We're we're good now. It's kinda like the way I like to equate it is like maybe I'm, like in, in UFC or boxing, like you know, you have a long fight, and maybe you had like a, a bunch of shit talking leading up to the fight, but then when you finish you kinda like dab each other up so you are yeah. respecting you killed your shit, blah blah, blah you know?
0: Yeah, I I mean I, that's that's what I imagine. I think just uh, that's one of those questions that you have to ask because so many people are wondering. But also they have they always want the um, they always want like uh, some tea to be spilled and like by someone else that isn't you because obviously if they message Nori this that he won't say anything because it's like why would I? And then same thing with you they message you about it they're like okay I'm not why would I an- why would I answer this but like they when then when those fail, you ask another guy who has like a media source and mm. it's like they just want like if I sa- if I just so I'm like, oh yeah they're cool. They'll be like, no. oh okay. And they'll be disappointed. Because they don't want they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that you guys are cool. They want me to say, like, dude, they fucking hate each other. <laughs> and like they're like, oh really? What, what went on? Then the conversation will be, you know, interesting for them. But if I just tell them that like I one I don't know, and two they seem always friendly with each other. They'll be like, "Ah, shit, okay, whatever." That was yeah, lame. I think
1: the conversation started sparking up because we used to always talk shit in each other's comments, like leading up to our raw nationals. Yeah. Like, oh, I see your see your squat. I'm gonna double this tomorrow. Or it's like, oh, I see your bench. Like that's still part of my warm up. Like you know, little shit like that. Yeah. Just kind of um, over the last year and a half or so. So uh, I think that's kind of like why the question started coming up a little bit more on um, yeah. like people that are watching. Yeah. Like minds, like, what's going on?
0: Yeah, and every, every people always crave that. For every single sport, people crave just something to talk about. And it's actually a good thing now. Like, have you seen yeah. the evolution kind of like – I talked about this with Flex as far as like powerlifting having fans now, and it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Like when I did that post with you guys, I didn't even read the comments because I'm like, there's actually a lot of comments here. Uh, and mm-hmm. some a, a lot of times I do read them, but I'm like, I'm not going to look at these comments because it seems just like typical sports debate, which is kind of like – which is – always senseless but also it yeah, yeah. what makes you a fan of something and that what makes the sport the sport that you're watching like it's the fandoms of it so I don't, like have you are you psyched about that or are you like it's kind of annoying me or whatever well, I'm
1: excited as fuck I, honestly that's I think I kind of like commented on or I posted about y'all's page or I comment, left a comment like shit like that is what's going to take this sport to the next level for sure like mm-hmm. that's going to in us becoming a bigger platform um, yeah, I was super excited about that, whether or not, like I had beef with people or I wasn't speaking to people like that in itself is amazing because, um, storylines help build a sport and once that kind of elevates a different level, you're just going to have a lot more casual, uh, fans kind of like checking and see how different, uh, meets go.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, cause it, like part of me is like when you have an inside information about something or you have a little bit better of an idea, like you see the yeah. comments, like, oh, you want to comment so bad and say, they're just so wrong or they're just, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but then it's like, hold on, hold on, look at uh, ESPN Instagram page, look at House of Highlights, look what happens when, you know, they post something like, say, of LeBron, and then, you know, a rival team or a fandom goes in there and just talks a bunch of shit with Laker fans, like, it's senseless, it's stupid, the person obviously doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about, but... That's fandom. That's what fanatics do, and that's what yeah. I, in my opinion, that's what powerlifting needs more of. We yeah. do have like legitimate Russ or he fans. Like if you had a jersey, they would buy it. Same thing with Noriega. He has fans. Like
1: you too, man. Shit. Yeah, I mean, I
0: have like the uh, I have the hipster fans.
1: Oh man, people was legit hitting me talking about like, yo, Angela's gonna pull for the win. I was like, I mean, it's a possibility. Like. I'm not a perfect lifter, so if I don't go nine for nine, like, you definitely have an opportunity to kind of, like, upset, like, anyone. So I'm just like, I mean, yeah, everyone's a threat. I always want to meet everyone's a threat. So it's like, you got to that point now where it's like, it would make sense to throw you in that conversation because, um, I mean, your pool is that serious. So it's like, if you fuck up, you leave a window open for you to kind of just, like, skate in there. You know?
0: yeah well I appreciate that but uh, and also I appreciate all my uh, fans uh, for, for saying that because I wasn't aware that people were uh, saying that so cool <laughs> um, but yeah like I, like the, well that's that's kind of thing like people now there's more people in powerlifting that has their own little group or fan bases that's actually helpful for the sport because it wasn't always like that it was always there was a the famous people and of course they had a big following but now it's like from one through five. Like, people, depending on how they carry themselves on social media, how they promote themselves, people are psyched yeah. about a certain lifter doing well. And they're actually rooting for a lifter. Like, I said to yeah. Gavin, like, Aiden, I'm like, I was, it's I like, I love using a competitor, Gavin, but I was gunning for Keiko. Because Keiko is my favorite lifter. Like, mm-hmm. I love how Keiko trains. So, I yeah. in the crowd, I was watching his lifts. And when he hit it, I was cheering. Like, I was cheering, like, you know, like, it was, um, like, the same thing with uh, Jesus, same thing with Ash. Like, I was cheering for them because I wanted them to legitimately win. Uh, No disrespect to everyone else because they are so competitors. Um, But, yeah, and I, I do see that with more athletes now, and it's actually really cool to see. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, more athletes have legit, like, bases now. It's so crazy. Even, who has, like, no disrespect to Pug, but Pug is, like, four or five or whatever ranking he is on in the 74s or um and he has like a loyal like oh yeah loyal face that's like oh this like pug is gonna fuck it up like pug's beating taylor blah blah and they're like dead ass i'm like damn like that's that's like a compliment to him
0: yeah you know? well i was describing the oh yeah for sure he's done a great job of marketing himself um like i was describing this uh to someone like i was i think i was describing it to atwood because we were we were talking about just the uh, live stream and us competing at 8 a.m being like, I don't know, maybe the session where it has the best lifters, arguably, because uh, mm-hmm. the 93s are stacked in themselves, I would qualify them as the most competitive weight class from 1 to 10. But if you combine 74s and 83s, I think I, I think it has a beat, but you have them at 8 a.m competing. People are going to tune in in high numbers to watch Atwood, to watch you, and it's going to be five o'clock in the morning in West Coast when it happens. But then I was thinking, like, and it's not just you—you you have the powerlifters, powerlifter Noriega, like powerlifters, like people within the sport really go towards Noriega. Then you have the young person's powerlifter, Perkins. Like yeah. people lo- like the, the, the kids in the sport, the, the people from, you know, 15 through 20 love Perkins. Then you have Pug, yeah. who based on his Instagram personality, even though he's toned it down a lot, based on his Instagram personality, he's got a huge fan base. You got, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but me in there who kind of has like the hipster, I would always qualify like the hipster powerlifter, uh, the kind of that that is, is watching me compete um, and all, I mean, I guess Italians too, for that matter but you have you you, and then you have like deuce gruden people are people are sports fans like sports fans are interested in just watching deuce compete like john gruden's son is competing and he's a beast lifter and it's building from there it's building from that point and like it's it's kind of crazy that there's so there's a unique fan bases too it's Mm -hmm. like so many different people from walks of life like a certain lifter because that's who they relate to and again going back to when I started in the sport, it was very, it was like Ray Williams, you, Johnny Candido. That's about it. Unless there was, there's more people I could think of, but like that's, that was about it. And then I guess Lane Norton too, as far as like in the 2015, 2017, right. John Hack, of course, uh, you would would have to be thrown in there, but it wasn't like as unique as a fan base. And I think that's because I, we have seen some evolution in the sport. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. Um, you just kind of said everything. I agree.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, well uh, all right. So th- let me ask you this then. Um, because Worlds is definitely next for you. Um, mm. Is that confirmed, by the way?
1: It's, it's definitely happening. I just don't know if the USAPL will be participating just yet.
0: Because they said by – I thought it was by June 26th. They have to
1: so, – So I'm under the assumption that Worlds is, is, is definitely happening this year. Yeah, that's and, happening.
0: But, uh, yeah, okay, within I, the USAPLs. I, I, I,
1: yeah, so we'll figure that out. Um, I I mean, Joey should have a term prompt this week. So, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just as lost
0: as you honestly. All right, yeah, and I usually have, like, some information on this, and now, like, I'm kind of confused myself um, because I yeah. just – I heard the date that they were coming out with. I'm like, I haven't heard anything. And it'll be – I guess in, in this case it would be a shame if the USAPL wouldn't be at Worlds. But so for Worlds, is the motivation there to – Obviously, the motivation there is to win, but is it? Is there a certain total in mind you have in my, uh, You have uh, thought up of? Um, you know, I know the competition with Gibbs is always there, but I don't know exactly how Gibbs is doing. Like, I know he doesn't is not a big social media guy, but I know he was battling a, some uh, post surgery stuff. Yeah, um, I
1: have no idea about Gibbs. Um, from from what I've seen, like on a social media page, I don't think he's been training that much. Um, I think he was he was doing some type of like some type of like charity work or like hiking or something like that. So I'm not I'm not sure in regards to that. Okay. Um, total wise, it's not that I don't it's not that I don't have a total in mind. It's just that I think the motivation for me has changed um, given uh, previous me. Um, so like the conversation with the whole t- Taylor Howard thing moving up to eighty threes. Um, just his total, like, oh, like, he only missed Russell's total by five keys. Like, that definitely motivates me. I yeah. mean, I have Taylor as, like, the power to go. But, um, like, it's more so just, like, I want to show that there is a, you know, there's, there's, a, little, there's a bigger gap <laughs> than people think, you Yeah, know? Uh, I didn't perform the way I needed to perform in my last meet to kind of showcase that. So I think the, the motivation for this meet is to definitely lock in um, and just try to create that, quote-unquote, distance um, yep. if there is
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. That was going to be the kind of the follow-up there. If Gibbs isn't healthy to compete or he's just not the same Brett Gibbs, which again, I'm not too sure on, then is the mo- motivation does in fact turn to Atwood, right? Because that's, that's the next in line, right? That's the, that's the next guy who's just, who's an absolute beast. And uh, the, I, I I'm very similar when I talk to Amanda Lawrence, it's, she's the winner at weight class easily. I think on the world stage, I know you don't underestimate any lifter, but if Gibbs is removed from the equation. I don't see anyone on the international stage that's going to come to an 840 total. Like I don't I don't see it. Yeah. I don't see anything in the 830 and in um in the 83s. But mm. when you have that, you know, kind of wrapped up, the the attention does turn to best overall lifter then, right? So that would be Atwood.
1: Yeah, and it's just like damn, he, he just put such a big gap between him with the other 74s this past meet. Um I guess yeah, it it would it would uh I would be indirectly competing with him in a sense. Like, um, I feel like he's he's gonna be number one no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I just wanna show that the gap itself is not just by keys. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I can I could give him a better fight than that. Cause yeah. He hit that eight he hit that eight thirty-eight relatively uh pretty easily. Um, so yeah, I just wanna show that I'm a better looker than what I showcase um this past raw nationals. And um I was talking to Joey about it, that I'm going to kind of look at it as, like, the uh, local meat situation, because I feel like for the 83s, at least, the bloodbath is in the U.S. Like, yeah. the best 83s are in the U.S. After that, once you go to the world stage, there was only Brett. Um, I've always touted Brett as, like, a stronger lifter than myself. Um, so, he he was the only real competition in the 83s on the international stage, I think. And then everyone after that is just kind of like, you know, everyone's strong, but um, if we do what we need to do, we could uh, get a pretty sizable lead on them. So I was kind of looking at this as like a local meet. There's not too much pressure. Just go out there, execute, and then um, try to stack your total as much as you can.
0: Yeah, and I am actually rooting for you because I want the uh, I want um, some peace restored in the eighty threes there because we have everyone <laughs> talking about Atwood being the top the second best 83 I'm like god damn it I'm like wait am I actually fifth now shit like <laughs> good I'm like yeah let's let's have Russ uh, create some distance so the 83s can uh can restore can restore their power over the 74s again which which is interesting man I mean actually when you look um when you look I don't uh, personally I'm, I'm interviewing atwood tomorrow personally I don't think he's ever gonna move up to 83 I just don't see it um I think he's he will he will continuously try to stack a total. That's towards eighty three like levels, and he already has done that, but I I, I, I don't think he'll move up to eighty three, like, uh, as a permanent move or anything. But mm-hmm. if you see all the seventy-fours moving up to eighty three, like how do you think the the future of the division looks? Because something we talked about on uh two white light, like Pug is moving up, C's moving up, you have Delaney kinda of, I I I put him as a breakout performer from mm-hmm. uh Raw Nationals because even though I thought he was going to definitely place top three. I don't think a lot of people did. Uh, yeah. Then you have Deuce, who's he's not going anywhere. He's not growing out of the weight class. He's light as far as 83 goes. Like, and, even, and if he does become a 93, he might be the most jacked human being of all time if that happens. <laughs> don't even want to see that. They might actually just call him up on the Raiders. If he's yeah. a 93, like, it's like, okay, <laughs> suit up, Sign Deuce. Up. We need a fullback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so, how do you how, how how are you looking at as far as the future goes within the eighty three and as you said, like the battles within the US APL, it's
1: going to be interesting because Michael C, um, he's definitely a competitor that I was kind of already looking at. I'm like, I, I just think he just needs to move up,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, he'll be a viable if if he can stay healthy and, and um, just get his his lifts right. I mean, he'll be a like an eight hundred kg possible uh, total,
2: like mm-hmm.
1: you know, at a natural level meet. Um, everyone else is kind of interesting I'm, I haven't like kept away everyone else too much to see like what, kind, what type of threats will be in the 83's but it will definitely become like the most stacked class in my opinion mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well actually maybe, maybe still the 93's but the 83's will definitely be a lot more new faces it will be interesting on national level to just kind of see like how the 74's now kind of like transition to the 83's um, but yeah it will be it will be interesting for sure mm-hmm. but I think that like lifters like Delaney and like yourself are still pulling away and still gaining and, you know, getting stronger. Uh, like you said, you you knew Delaney would play us. I knew Delaney would play us too. I'm like, he's too consistent. He doesn't fuck up that much. Uh, he doesn't fuck up that often. And if he just gets his lifts, he'll probably be second, third.
0: Well, yeah, I think the people – the reason why, like, King of lifts wasn't picking him was, like, because he doesn't post on Instagram, which I just thought it was funny. I'm like – they all picked me third, and I'm like – I. And it's funny because I'm listening to it, and it's – I guess it's uh, – I don't know, like, how to really view it as far as, like, a competitor standpoint, like, as far as confidence level goes. But they're all picking me, and I'm like, the only reason why they're picking me is because I post on social media. <laughs> <laughs> I know that for a fact because I was like, shit, unanimous. I think, I yeah. think, uh, get the lift, uh, pick me, uh, pick Delaney. I'm like, okay, that's good. Um, but I was like, unanimous though. Like, I don't think that they they just have no idea what Delaney's capable of. Uh, and I did like, <laughs> I knew that cause I competed with him. Th- um, this would be my third time. I'm like, if he's not posting, he's good. Like he's actually good. If he's, if he's posting very little, it's actually a good thing. So, um, yeah, it was, it was funny that like, that's really how it comes down to it. It's like, if you, if you post on social media that you're making progress, you're yeah. pretty much like on betting odds, like, uh, you, you get elevated a little bit. So it was, yeah, yeah. it was funny for me in the car listening to that and being like, <laughs> like I don't want to message these guys that they're wrong because they picked me and they're being nice, but shit, like um, Delaney's a, Delaney's a beast.
1: See, like I saw his I saw his progressions through his uh, his totals. Like he had like a seven ninety at Arnold mm-hmm. and uh, still grow Like I he didn't post like that much league up for all National, but he had a couple posts here and there. He like he almost squatted seven hundred pounds. If not, he did squat it. He had like a four hundred and fifty pound bench somewhere in there with like a seven hundred pound pull. I was like. Like, yeah, f- <laughs> yeah. This guy's gonna show up, and Joey coaches him, so I was like, Joey's gonna put him in a position to like you know do pretty nice and uh, place. So I was like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be a problem.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I got well, I oh, I almost got fooled by that at uh at the Arnold because he wasn't mm-hmm. posting at all, so everyone was like, oh, it's gonna be you and Candido, and um uh, and, and Jamar's on the island. I remember somebody mm-hmm. told me that, and it was so funny because Delaney ended up winning. No one mentioned it. I was second. Kamar was third. Yeah, yeah. So it's like okay, like I guess like people, I mean, people don't know. Like people just simply don't know. I mean, I was fooled by that too. But I, I just knew because even in 2019, he, he took six, and he wasn't even prime time. Yeah, yeah. So he was able to jump that much, but yeah, I would I would definitely put him up there uh, as far as competition goes in the '83, and possibly you know really really fighting with you and that Noriega's not going anywhere. I think people have yeah. the people have the uh, the issue with hindsight or recency bias in yeah. powerlifting, where it's like, oh, Noriega didn't even place, so like we're gonna we're gonna not pay attention to him, and then he's gonna total something at a local meet, and it's everyone's like, all right, Noriega's uh, the second best '83 again like it's, just, it's gonna happen
1: okay that's a good conversation though like okay let's say uh let's let's take him out of the equation let's put like maybe you or me right let's say you have a horrible raw nationals meet right mm-hmm. and then you go do a local meet is your confidence restored
0: uh i would say so, say so? yeah as far as my standpoint goes i don't know so i i say this because this is what happens in powerlifting People forget about a lifter, people value you over a lifter, and then they go and do a meet, and then they immediately value that lifter over you, no matter what. Like, it always happens. It's always just because powerlifters don't yeah. have a sense of going back into things, or fans don't have a sense of going back into things, and looking yeah. at past performances. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like, I just know that's yeah. going to happen with Noriega, because it always happens. It's it's the tale of all the time in powerlifting. Someone has a, a bad meet. They've said the same thing in 2019, right? Like, he has a bad meet. They're like, ooh, I don't know. I don't think Noriega can stick with this division. And then he totals 825 at a meet. And they're like, okay, he's back again. Like, like no, just because someone has a bad role in Nationals' performance does not eliminate them. from. Yeah. We've seen we've seen some comebacks. I mean, actually, C sees a good example of that, too. Like, yeah. you know, two really bad meets in a row, two really unfortunate meets, goes and total 775. And then people are like, oh, okay, all right. Like in the seventy fours, he's actually as far as best overall lifters go, he's one of the he's one of the guys because that mm-hmm. seven seventy five and seventy four is huge. But yeah, uh, how about in your in your case? If you like, so from twenty nineteen, and then to say if you do a local meet or something, is like, okay, I can do this again or, nah, not
1: not for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just because like a national level meet presents so many different things. Local local level meets like. You could control a lot of different variables that you really can't that much in a national level meet. I feel like um, it's just different. It's just this is different environment. Local meets like you should blow up a local meet. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to do a local meet as a high level competitor, it should be for recon. Like you're just seeing, okay, maybe like this type of weight kind cut of works, and this how I'm going to feel when I do this, blah blah blah. But in terms of like the actual performance itself, I don't read too much into it because, I mean, you should blow up a local meet. Like, I should be able to blow up to a local meet total, like,
0: 860 or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's actually the funny conversation you have with people who are solidified in the sport and then people who aren't quite yet because yeah. it's just – they have a number already in mind for you that you're going to hit at Raw Nationals. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Like, Raw Nationals meets, like, the totals get so either – most of the time, they get deflated. Yeah. Because you take either a really aggressive jump like on a certain lift. So it's like, because like, if I hit this, I could potentially win. But then mm-hmm. if you miss it, you're down like 12 kilos and it's over. It's like, it's done. The whole meat's like fucked for you. And that does have an effect on a lifter. When you miss a squat or something and know you're done, that you can't win and you had this goal to win, it has an effect on your deadlift. It has an effect on your bench. It totally does. Like, people think it won't it does that's a hard thing to swallow in 2 hours mm-hmm. that you're not going to win a meet that you trained so hard for uh so that when i what do I, I tell people though i'm like i'm expecting every i'm expecting 683 to total 820 mm-hmm. that's what i have to expect we'll find yeah. out during squats if that's going to happen <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you go into the
1: situation with the best case scenario in your head, but then you realize like, yeah, this is you're, this is not a shit show, but you're gonna have to like fight for whatever soldier you want. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't. You know, if if someone had a shitty Raw Nationals meet and then they went on to do a local meet and blew it up, uh, I'd be like, well, I mean, you know, you're supposed to do that because you're you know you are a high level competitor. Yeah, I think I think for me, like, just because he had a shitty meet, but it doesn't take away what he could possibly do.
0: So, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the the interesting conversation with that is restoring your confidence in what way? You so, know what I mean? Like, restoring your confidence, like, in an injury sense, like, what you can do healthy. Or, like, if you have a problem executing your lifts uh, at Nationals, then no, the local meet shouldn't
1: exactly. restore
0: your confidence, because that's a totally different, totally exactly. different meet.
1: Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. I was like, the only way confidence can be restored in that scenario is like literally being back on the national stage and showing yourself that you can't compete at that level and not miss or, you know, just kind of go through and get the total that you want. Um, but doing a local meet, in my opinion, it's a whole different scenario. So it's kind of hard to restore that confidence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So, I mean, looking forward, forward here, you know, mm-hmm. going past IPF worlds, what's next for you? Because I think the looming meets, that everyone thinks about a Sheffield. But unfortunately, I don't think Sheffield's going to happen to like, 2023. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, it doesn't look as promising as it once did. So, is there anything in that middle there that you want to accomplish? Because uh, we have the obvious ones, Nationals, mm-hmm. uh, Worlds, yeah. but is there any other meet in mind, or any numbers in mind that you want to go, go to? Because there has been some developments of pro meets uh, yeah, yeah. that's, that's going to happen in Virginia, so... I mean, that's always a good filler, like, in between Nationals, Arnold, Worlds.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think a lot of that kind of relies on what's going to go – what's going to happen with the USAPL going forward. Like, are they going to branch off? Like, are we still going to be under the IPL umbrella? Because I was talking to Jamal Browner about this, um, and it's just like, damn. Like, if the USA Pl breaks off and, like, rules change here and there, like, I might just start, you know, going between federations. Um, I remember I had that controversial thing where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do a fucking USPA meet or whatever. Um, that's only because if I did one, I would get banned under the IPF umbrella and I wouldn't be able to compete in the meets that I want to compete in. But if those rules are gone, then I could do showdowns. I could do, I'm not saying I would, but do like tribute meets, those big, 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 yeah. big meets. Just kind of like see what it's like to compete on that stage as well. Um, so I don't have anything set in concrete. Uh, you didn't mention the pro leagues or the pro meets or whatever. Um, whatever that looks like, I'll do. Uh, but for the most part, it re- it's really dependent on what's going to happen with the USAPL relationship with IPF. Um, yeah. I'm down for those USPA meets and see what's like to do on the deadlift bar. Um, there's competitors I want to compete against. I do want to share, say, with John Hack and see what it's like to compete with him. Um, just other lifters you know, from different federations and all that. So I'm open to do whatever. Just got to wait to see what the uh, future holds in general with the federation.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think like, I think the best case scenario right now, even for me, I'm a guy who's like, I think we should just leave the IPF, not a big yeah. fan of how they, but if lifters really do, and the USAPL, they value the international competition, then I'll side on the side of lifters here. Because it's not about what I want, it's about what the grand scheme of lifters want. But I think the best case scenario would be USAPL stays within the IPF, they maintain our drug testing system because... Uh, to be frank, I think it's much better than a lot of the countries who compete in the IPF. I mean, I could ask you, how many times have you been drug tested?
1: Um, are you talking about, like, just in general? Or, yeah. Um, IPF, I mean, so I'm in the out of meat testing protocol, so um, they test me, like, pretty much maybe two times before me. I've probably been tested almost 15 or 20
0: times. I yep, yeah, so, I, so you've been tested 20 times. You're a four-time national champion, uh, IPF world champion. I've been tested six times, and I haven't done any of that shit. Yeah. I think that's a I think that's a good drug testing protocol. Like, yeah, no matter yeah. what it is, like, you're the top-level lifter, you're getting tested a whole lot more than me, but I'm still getting tested because I'm a little bit more uh, subjected to compete at a local meet as opposed to yeah. you where local meets are hard for you to compete at. Like, you have three meets a year, and if you do those three meets a year, it's going to be three big ones. Uh, and you're almost forced to do that. So yeah, based on that, I just had to throw that in there as far as argument goes. That I think our drug testing system is good. So as long as they keep that drug testing system that we like, I think then that possibility there of still having those pro level meets. Oh my bad. I was
1: gonna say like before those out of meat testing protocols. I think it comes from the IPF because I'm in the IPF now. Yeah. So like yeah, they send them out to me. So if I was if I was only to be tested by the USAP, I would only be uh, meet situations where I'm doing the bigger.
0: Yeah, yeah, so exactly, so that, that's what I mean, like, in meat situations, you're getting tested, then you are the uh, you're the high-level lifter, so you're getting out of meat tested, yeah. where a guy like, it's just, like, it's it's qual- quantity over quality at a, at a point with a certain type of lifter, and that, like, the best lifter, as an example, is guys like me, who aren't world champions, but also, they do stuff that are good in the local level, yeah. and the people at the local level, it's like, okay, is Angelo taking something? Like, I... I don't want to compete with this guy if he's taking shit and like blowing up numbers at a local meet. It's like we have to think about all the other like lifters in that scenario. But I think the best case scenario would be to stay within that IPF but also have that pro league division type in the USAPL. I think that would be the best thing cuz I don't know about you, but I think that is kind of the next step for the sport is mm-hmm. getting more lifters paid, getting more lifters into bigger produced meets that isn't raw nationals and the Arnold. Because I've always used the example, powerlifting needs a regular season.
2: Yeah.
0: And it feels like the only time we tune in is the playoffs. Yeah. And those then the playoffs are Raw Nationals and Worlds. Yeah. So depending on how you want to look at it, Super Bowl, IPF Worlds, playoffs, Raw Nationals, how you want to look at it. But I still think, like, if we have those fillers in there, Arnold does a good job of staying yeah. in the middle it's like the all-star game, if you will. But, like, I think one more, one more is needed – of lifters in different regions, I think those pro level meets would be good. Would would you be interested in competing with them? Yeah,
1: oh yeah, nice. I, there was um, what was that meet? Like in Virginia, the, the production was so crazy.
0: The, probably those the winter lights. Wrecker. No. The which one? There was the winter record. Was in November. They had a lot of competitors compete um, at it. And then the most recent one, I don't know what it's called, yeah. but yeah, I just we just had him on the show. Yeah. The guy runs those meets.
1: Yeah, I think it did it or something. I forgot. There's like, a decent amount of, like, uh, good literature that did it. But, yeah, I was like, damn, that's well-produced me. Like, that is just, like, beautiful setting, all that type of stuff. So, I think if we – I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm down to do those kind of filler, quote-unquote filler meets. Um, yeah, it's just kind of tough. Like, I don't know where the USAPL is at with funding and all that. Because um, I, I, I was, like, thinking, I'm like, why don't we always go to these remote locations in order to do, like, uh, raw nationals? Like, they tell me just – you know if we're going to do it in Florida why not just do it in Miami yeah. but it makes sense it makes sense cuz like it's a lot cheaper to do it in Daytona you're doing it with Sunrise Park whatever whatever um also yeah, from
0: want- my from my understanding I did talk to the national board that we have to find a place that takes us on for an entire week yeah the issue yeah. is the i don't think it's so much the funding cuz i think but what you see like that's a lot of money that it takes to produce something like that i think it's just it's week long like it's hard to have an event that's a week long at a specific venue because they have other meets or other events that they have to do. So, yeah, yeah like I heard—that's what I've heard as far as like why it's in certain locations. Um, yeah, I do agree though. <laughs> Daytona Beach is—you is, know—I will say Daytona Beach itself, even though Lombard is you know close close to home for me. But it's better. It's easier to do stuff at Daytona Beach than it was Lombard. Like Lombard is like okay, there's a shopping mall. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> it's a shopping mall.
1: I like I feel like there were a lot of. Luke, I I enjoy, um, having it in um, quote unquote Chicago, some Lombard, but you know, yeah. Um, you take a drive, you could go visit the city if you want on your off day, or like you know it was. I thought it was nice. You know, it's like, yeah, Damn, this is Chicago, you can to see the city. Daytona is just kind of like, you know, I'm just in Daytona. And the other one, Tacoma, Washington. It's like who is in Tacoma, Washington. Like, um, so I don't know, man. I, I would, I, I think what they should do is have these meets that are like a lot closer to maybe like the you know bigger cities. Well, did you
0: hear the rumor of Ron Antels next year? Was it at Vegas? Vegas. Oh, that's that's shit. a rumor. Rumor, not confirmed. Everyone listening, <laughs> I heard like people. If it's there, well, it's there. well, here's the thing though, because all right, so I I have an idea what's gonna happen. It's going to be in mm-hmm. Vegas. It's going to be off the strip. Definitely Good off work. the strip. There's no... If, dude, if we had a powerlifting meet in Caesars Palace, that would be would the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> that would be that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I That would be the greatest thing of all time if we had it at Caesars Palace, but not going to happen. Trust me. Uh, so I'm assuming it's going to be off the strip, but, you know, I've been to Vegas before off the strip of where I think it's going to happen. Um, you know, like an Uber ride and you're on the trip at least.
1: So Vegas is a pretty, uh, it's like a close knit city. I mean, you have the strip, but there's not, there's like to get outside of it. There's not too much outside of Vegas. Like it's just kind of like, you know, it's not, it's probably like a 20, 30 minute down to the strip.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I guess that's something to look forward to as far as like destinations go. Uh, yeah, that would be, that would be pretty good there. Um, as, as far as, uh, you know, nationals goes. All right. So, I think we could. Uh, we're about closing up here, so I'm going to do word association for uh, for you, um, like we did the first time. Give you a word, the first word that comes to mind. It's going to be pretty. It's going to be a little more select this time uh, with with the words. All right, Johnny Candido. <laughs> I don't
1: want to. I don't want to. I'm say, Uh, troll.
0: He does it well. He knows. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. But all right, that that works. Troll. Um, Brett Gibbs. Strong. Sean Noriega. Uh. Capable. Joey flex? <laughs> uh, <Moncho. laughs> uh. Delaney Wallace. future ipf
1: um oh that's a good one um i just put them i usually think of it as i just say umbrella
0: Mm. usapl immediate what was that immediate immediate what does that mean so it's just like it's the now. Like it's immediately like
1: right here. Like for me, like I think about the USAPL, it's like it's here right now.
0: Alright. Con Hack.
1: Um s- Standard.
0: Taylor Atwood. <laughs> Goat. <laughs> Do you think he's the best powerlifter of all time?
1: Um I don't know about all that. I, I think I think he's like Goat is such a such a like a highly used word right now. I feel like
0: yeah, I I, I I'm not at a point of hating it, but
1: yeah, it's it's getting to that point. But I, I truly feel like Taylor, he if he continues on this on this uh, you know trajectory, he might. I mean, he might end up as probably the, the go. I mean, I'm thinking about Ed Cohen. Um I'm
0: thinking. Well, I I would say I would always put Hack up there because he did it natty and not natty, like as far as numbers go. But I think Atwood is. Definitely the best natty power lifter of all time.
1: Well, my thing with my thing with uh, my thing with man, <clears throat> my thing with John is that not even my thing with John. I feel like Taylor is building a resume. So when I think about power, to, I just think like natty. I don't think like you know, um, tested. Yeah, me. me um, so it's kind of hard for me because like John is now entering a different realm, um, and Taylor is still in this realm building his resume and doing at a high, high, high like unforeseen level. So it's like if Taylor does this for, like, two or three years, I mean, his his resume is going to be pretty impeccable.
0: Yeah. So. I agree. I agree with you on that one. Uh, we'll see if he takes the uh, any sort of, like, same things as John Hack and doing other federations. He can still do those Natty, too, but it'll be mm. interesting to see, like, if he gets helped by anything of, like, the uh, the different federation standards. Mm. Corrupted strength. Uh, Future. Future? Best Jim in Houston? You gonna make that we gonna make that uh, claim now?
1: Uh not yet, not yet. <laughs> I could do that yet. I want it to be the best gym in Houston, okay. the best pilot Jim Jimmy Houston
0: for sure. Alright. Awesome. And then to end out here, we're gonna do the famous two white lights lifter ratings. So okay. I'm sure you played Madden, NBA two K, all these video games where you rate yourself one to ninety-nine on each lift and we come up with an overall. The better the lifter is, the more easier it is to find out what their overall is because, you know, you you are close to the records on pretty much all three lifts. So let's start off with squat, the easiest one. What's your rating on squat?
1: Definitely
0: 99. <laughs> it's got to be 99, right? You're all you're the record holder yeah. by a considerable margin. 99, definitely there. No argument for me. Easy one. Bench. I'd say probably like an
1: 89, 88.
0: What's your bench?
1: 424. I think probably my best is 429, if not four twenty
0: four. Yeah, that's got to be within the top 10, right? A 424 bench in 83? Yeah. I would go, I'll probably go higher than 89 then. If you, if you are, if you are top like that, let's see. Oh, Jesus Christ. There's some big ass benches.
1: Yeah, man, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I don't know, man. All right, I'll give really you... Don't compete on the national state.
0: Yeah, I'll give you... <laughs> what Do you on? know where you're ranked? Do you know where you're ranked? Oh, God, this no, makes I me know. feel bad. Man. You're ranked 39 on bench. Ooh. IPF, not national. IPF, though.
1: Oh, IPF?
0: Yeah, this is all time.
1: Oh, because... Yeah, there's... Yeah.
0: Dude, there's a lot of... Dude, oh, God. That made me somehow feel bad, because yours is 190, and it's 39... I have a one. <laughs> I have a one seventy. That's not good. It's actually much worse. I think I have to rate myself now like a seventy-two on Bench. Now that I know that information, so let's
2: go. Let's go like eighty eight five.
0: eighty-five. 80. Uh, all right, I I don't know. I don't know about that. I think I think we still have to go upper eighties here, low nineties because it's still like there's world all time. But then if you play within a year, right, like you play Madden within a year, it's not based on where they are, like, as far as all time, all time. goes. Like, they don't put, like, okay, you're a great running back, but how do you compare to Walter Payton? Like, not, okay. <laughs> no, like, it doesn't work that way. So I, I still think high 80s is good for you. 89, I would, I would go. All right, deadlift.
1: Oh, uh, deadlift could be, like, 90. 90-
0: I would. I, that was that was the number I came in with, ninety five for you. Wait, what's going? On? Man, again, there's just so many weird like deadlift specialists. There's
1: a uh, like that uh, that one dude from he's Nigerian, I think. From yeah,
0: Ghanaian. I see him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. New. Um, yeah. um, there's this other guy I competed with. He broke my deadlift record.
0: Oh yeah, because you had the world one. Um, there was a lot of people. So, like at a at the same time, I remember uh Eric Carlson he had yeah. it the Swedish lifter I think another lifter broke it shortly after but yeah the the yeah. the world records are so low compared to the unofficial world records yeah, yeah like we're like I think the pulls on second attempts for most of us was over the world record yeah at u s a p l so
1: be this this year hopefully
0: yeah. yeah, for sure all right, so what do we got we got ninety nine Eighty nine, ninety five. 95, divide that by three. You are at a 95 overall. I'll take it. All right, man. Well, that's that's good. Like, uh, we have lifters who come on here, which is funny. Like, they, they, sometimes they don't like a 95 rating. I'm like, have you what? played Madden or, on- Madden
1: or 2K? That's a cold-ass rating. I don't
0: know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, like, it's
1: like you're I mean, one I of the – <laughs> Taylor would be at 99 and like that's kind of it I don't know uh, Ash might be at 99
0: maybe close uh, I would yeah. say as far as mail lifter, we just did Amanda Lawrence I think he's a 97.98 mm, as far yeah. as her own ratings by the way guys they're gonna see me post this on two white lights so they're gonna be like why did you rate him a 95 like I didn't I didn't do that
1: I <laughs> uh, rate
0: like these people rate themselves and you guys have to check it on two white lights in order to get the full inside scoop on that but Yeah, 95, definite rating there. And then, uh, yeah, I would say the only people probably higher within uh, the USAPL would be Ash and Atwood. Yeah. Atwood's 99. Like, he's coming on the show tomorrow. This is going to be the easiest thing of all time. He has a record in every goddamn lift. It's over. Like, 99, he's got it. I might send him a shirt. 99 overall. 99, uh, two white lights, 99 overall lifter. Uh, Cherish it, hold it on for uh, forever. But, um,. Yeah, man, that's going to do it for, for our for our episode here. Thank you for coming on. This is your third time on Two White Lights, man. It's yes, very, Yeah, so uh, hopefully we can uh, have you on again sometime. Good luck with Corrupted Strength. Good luck with your world's prep. I can't wait to see what you do. Um, and like I said before, thank you for coming on Two White Lights.
1: Yes, sir, anytime. Appreciate you, man.
0: All right, uh, that will do it for Two White Lights. We'll see you guys sometime this week. Interview to be determined, but... We got some good ones lined up, so you're not going to be disappointed with anyone we have on. Peace!